Hey y'all, this is Charlie. We are living, loving, laughing, and great. And this is a summer snack bite. We are going to jump straight in the word today at Psalms 100, a song of praise for the Lord's faithfulness to his people, a psalm of thanksgiving. I love this, my friends. It is the Lord's faithfulness to his people that leads to a psalm of thanksgiving. Hallelujah, my friends. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. My friends, serving the Lord brings gladness, right? It is what he's done for us that causes us to want us to serve him. And there is so much joy in that. I think often the enemy wants us to have this idea that serving the Lord is burdensome and toilsome and it's drudgery and nothing could be further from the truth, my friends. We've started off with joy already, joyful and gladness. Jesus is just so good. God is just so, so very good. It goes on to say, come before his presence with singing. You want to know a real quick way to get into the presence of the Lord? Sing to him, my friends. Worship him. Yes, your spirit is always in the Lord's presence because you are seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us that in Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. From the moment you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. But our bodies, our experience, right? We still have a very natural experience going on here in this earth that is very real, right? It's hard for, for us to understand it, right? That actually what's going on in the supernatural is more real than what's going on in the natural. But um, anyways, so it says we can come before his presence with singing. So our spirit is always in his presence and Jesus is always in our presence. But we can be made more aware. We can have a tangible experience. My friends, when, when I am in the Lord's presence and I see this in the Bible as well, it, it, it causes my heart to burn. So when I am worshiping the Lord, my heart, and it's this beautiful warming sensation. David talks about it in the Psalms. The two of the other disciples talk about it, that as Jesus was talking to them, even though they didn't recognize him, it says their heart was burning as he was unfolding the scriptures to them, my friends. That is his presence. That's what his presence that brings us beautiful. It's like a heart hug. <laughs> you know, like when you hug somebody, uh, your your body warmth and their body warmth, you know, and my, my husband is a hot man. I tell you what, he is hot in so many ways. And when he gives me a hug, I can feel his warmth, right? When we come to the Lord in his word, worshiping him, we can feel his warmth in our heart. And I, and I tell you what, when I'm having a, a rough day or my mind's just all over the place, sometimes it, I might need to worship a little bit longer, but that's just my emotions calming down. That's just my thoughts calming down, right? So that I can become more aware of his presence. Hallelujah. So the Lord has given us this beautiful gift where this is our way that we get to call to him. You know, he calls to us all the time. In fact, every time we, we want to go to church, every time we want to read our Bible, every time we want to worship, every time we speak his name, my friends, the, the reason is because he first called to us, whether we recognize it or not, right? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, that is of his will, of his will, that we are in Christ Jesus who has become to us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. My friends, it's of his will. And, and he gave us the wisdom first 
to know that we need his righteousness. See, he is always calling to us first. The Bible tells us in John, he says, I chose you. I chose you. Ephesians chapter one, he says, before the beginnings of the world, I chose you. So he's always calling to us and we have the option to respond. But then he also gives us this beautiful way because we are, my friends, he is, we are in a relationship with him. The Bible often refers to Jesus. He is the bridegroom and we are the bride. And, you know, in a, in a real uh, relationship, do you always just have one person calling to the other? Now, I tell you what, if you're the one that's always doing the calling, eventually you start feeling like, does that other person even care about me? Right? Maybe in, even in, in friendships or any type of relationship where it starts feeling very one-sided. Maybe you're the one that always reaches out. You're the one that always texts. You're the one that always calls. You're the one that always sends a birthday card and you never hear, hear back. How does it make you feel? It starts making you feel like they don't really love me. They don't really care about me. So Jesus has given us this beautiful option where we get to call back to him. We call to him when we sing to him and he gets, oh, my friends, do you see the humility that he responds to us? us who he created it goes on it will go on to say that he created us and yet when we call to him when we sing to him we sing to him knowing that right now as i'm singing i'm in the presence of the king of kings i'm in the presence of god almighty creator of heaven and earth isn't that beautiful it says come before his presence with singing know that the lord he is God. Know that the Lord, he is God. My friends, this knowing, what does knowing that the Lord is God do, that the Lord, he is God do for me? I tell you what, it makes all my problems shrink down to their proper size, right? Things that seem like a really big deal. When I just come and worship the Lord, they're, they're put in their proper place. Right? When you worship the Lord, everything starts to go back into its proper place in its proper perspective. It gets put where it belongs because you can't worship him, right? Without seeing him, without coming to know him as you worship him, you see the Lord and you know, it's, a, it's that experiential knowing he is God. He is the God of my life. It, it goes on to say that it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know what that means, my friends? It means he takes care of you. You don't take care of him. He takes care of you. The shepherd takes care of the sheep. Just as it says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And he has given us a good, good pasture. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name because the Lord is good. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Listen, my friends, the reason that we give thanksgiving, the reason that we praise, the reason that we're thankful, the reason that we bless his name, what makes us joyful and glad is that our Lord is good. Our Lord is good. Say that with me. Say, our Lord is good. 
good, say good, good, say good three times, good, good, good. His mercy is everlasting. You know, I'm going to tell you this word mercy is the word chesed in the Hebrew, which means it is also the word for grace. His grace endures forever. His loving kindness endures forever. That's what it means that it's everlasting. It had no beginning. It has no end, my friend. His mercy and his grace and his loving kindness have no beginning and no end. Hallelujah. That is a reason to rejoice. That is a reason to give thanks. And his truth endures to all generations. And this word truth is also translated faithfulness. His faithfulness endures to all generations, my friends. That means it goes on and on and on and on, no matter how faithless we might be sometimes. The Bible even says that in Timothy, that though we are faithless, he is faithful because he can't deny himself. That's a reason to rejoice, my friends. It is who he is. He doesn't change who he is based on the things we do right? I grew up under that religion and it was a religion, not a faith. It's a very big difference as I've learned. That religion that based on the things I do is how God treats me. Well, then that's actually saying that God changes his character and who he is based on what I'm doing. Well, then what about based on what my neighbor's doing and my other neighbor and ever? Could you imagine God would constantly be changing? <laughs> no, my friend, his character does not change. His grace is forever. His faithfulness is forever. And that is why we give him thanks and praise. But listen, did you catch that? It says we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Just like when we sing to him and we worship him, we come into his presence. My friend, I want to tell you that when you give him thanksgiving and you praise him, you are coming into his courts. You are coming into his gates. Okay, this is not just a physical thing. Yes, I absolutely believe this also re refers to when we gather together for church, when we gather together for corporate uh, worship of the Lord, when you gather together with another believer for coffee or tea or breakfast or lunch, my friends, take a moment. I tell you what, it will, it will take your life to a whole, nother, a whole nother level of victory living. If every time you get together with another believer, you start your conversation well, hey, I want to share that Jesus did this for me today. Hey, I'm so thankful that Jesus brought us together today. Hey, I just, I, I praise the Lord. This, you know, this, this week, my, my kid just had a, had a great week at school. Give him thanksgiving and praise. And it tells us that's how we enter his courts. I want to stay there. How about you? I just want to stay in his courts. And you know why? So we see the why we give the thanksgiving and praise. Let me show you what happens when we do. In Psalms 92, just a few pages back, um, and I want to tell you this. I think I've told you this before, but bears repeating. The Bible interprets itself, right? We, yes, we are thankful that we have so many resources over the, the years that we can use, but we must always make sure that anything we're using is still based off the Bible and know that the Bible will always interpret itself. So what's that mean? That means when I see that it says I enter his courts with thanksgiving and, and, and I go through his, his gates with praise, that I can look in other places in the Bible that speaks of courts and gates and I can gain understanding from that because the Bible interprets the Bible. Gates and courts means something in one place in the Bible, it will always still mean that same thing. So I come to Psalms 92, and this is what I read, starting in verse 12. 
The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar and Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, say flourish, in the courts of our God. Say they shall flourish in the courts of our God. And how do we enter the courts of our God? With thanksgiving and praise. Every time you praise and worship, every time you give thanks to the Lord, my friend, you are entering into his courts. And it says we are planted there. We can just be planted there. We can just stay there. I just want to stay there. Amen. And listen what it says. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. You know what it means, my friend, to still be bearing fruit in old age? It means when the when the, the, the people of the world around you are starting to succumb to the natural aging process, you're not. When they're getting tired and worn out and weak, you're still going, going, going full of life and strength and health, my friends, and youth. It says that you shall be fresh and flourishing in your old age, okay? And let God decide what old age is, all right? Because our numbers are way too low. Let him decide. And it says that, he does this. It, it declares that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. I love this. You know what the implication is? The implication that there is no unrighteousness in him is that if we are giving him thanks and we are praising him and we are worshiping him and we grow old and we're not flourishing and we grow tired and weak like the world, the implication is that that is unrighteous on the Lord's part. It says that there is no unrighteousness in him. The Lord has put it on himself. My friends, he doesn't have to do this, but he has put it on himself to say, you look to me and I will make sure that you are flourishing, that you are still bearing fruit in your old age, that you are thriving that you are fresh. My friends, I don't know about you, but I want to be fresh, <laughs> fresh and young and sprightly. Amen. Abraham, a man that was 90 years old, was running all over the place in the desert in the middle of the day, running here, running there, slaughtering goats, making food, getting ready for entertaining the Lord. My friends, I want to be sprightly. And I can tell you my own personal testimony is that I am younger and healthier and stronger today than I was 15 years ago. In my late 20s and early 30s, I was so weak. My body was so depraved that I, I spent almost all my time in the bed. And people even, I, listen to this. I mean, the ladies, you're going to feel my pain. In my young 30s, on more than one occasion, say more than one, more than one occasion, people assumed that I was in my 60s. They assumed I was in my 60s. Imagine how that felt. I already felt horrible, but that is, my, my body was so dilapidated. It had aged me decades. On one occasion, I actually had to show my ID. This person thought I was joking around, like when people get older and pretend they're still younger, you know, they have the same birthday for 20 years in a row. <laughs> That's what she thought I was doing. Can you imagine the look on her face when she realized I was really as young as I was saying I was? But today, because of the grace of our God, because of his faithfulness, because he is righteous, 
He has renewed my youth. And I am younger and stronger and doing things in my 40s that I couldn't do in my 30s that I haven't done since my 20s. And I cannot tell you when I have had somebody that thought that I was in my 40s. All the time people think I'm in my young 30s. At least my young 30s, if not younger. But they definitely don't believe I'm in my 40s. My friends, this is real. The Lord is talking about the here and now. Of course, in heaven, we're going to be fresh and flourishing, right? We're going to have brand new eternal bodies. Believe the Lord. This is the goodness he wants, he wants for you. And how easy is it, my friends, to worship the Lord daily? I'm going to tell you what I do. I put on my worship music every day when I'm getting dressed. And when I'm washing up, doing my hair and my makeup, whatnot, you know, uh, whatever. I put on my worship music and I will sit in there and I'll be singing. Though I don't have the greatest singing voice in the world. Guess what? God don't care. He doesn't care, my friends. Worship the Lord. You know, I want to tell you something. So often we think, I don't have time. And I will after I'm done getting dressed. I will stand there and sing at least one worship song. Stop and just sing a worship song to my Lord. And enjoy his presence. Enjoy being in his, in his courts. In his house. It's hardly possible for me to share with you the difference that makes in my day. Ladies, we sometimes, we, we forget. We can put so much into getting our physical self ready. And not even leave any time for getting our soul ready. And which one do you think is more important for heading out into the day, right? There have been many times where I've had to make the choice as something the Lord worked on me, right? And I tell you what, it is good for, for getting some humility into us where it's like I stop and, and, and go, you know what? If I've got 10 minutes, if I've got 15 minutes to try and rush and put on some makeup, I've got 15 minutes to spend with the Lord. And I've made the choice to downgrade my look <laughs> so that I can upgrade my time with Jesus. Amen. You know, there's a beautiful little known account in the Exodus when the, when the, when the Israelites were coming out of Israel and they were in the desert and uh, Moses had received the instructions for building the temple and he needed to make the brazen altar. And um, for that, he needed bronze. And in that time, uh, bronze is what was used to make mirrors. If you take bronze and you, uh, pure bronze and you shine it up, it makes a, a mirror. You can see your image, obviously not, not like our glass mirrors, but you can very well see your image in it. And there's this beautiful account where all the women came and they gave up their mirrors so that, that the, the Moses could make this, this piece that needed to go in the temple. So they gave up their mirrors. And those were melted down and used in the temple. Now, you know the goodness of our God. Anytime it might seem like he's asking for you to give up something, really, he's getting ready to set you up for something. And this is one of those where you can read in the details, right? They gave up their mirrors, which means what? They gave up their ability to see how they looked, how to braid their hair that day, how to put on their makeup. Yeah, they had makeup back then, right? They entirely trusted their looks to the Lord. And you know what happened? There was a baby boom. <laughs> ears to have here. Those that have ears to hear, let you hear. 
it was very shortly after that the the um population of the israelites exploded which means what the lord made these women very very attractive to their husbands <laughs> hallelujah Oh, the Lord will never sell you short, my friends. And that was a form of worship, right? They came, they gave, they worshiped to the Lord, and he rewarded them for it. I want to share another quick uh, another quick story with you, my friends. One of my favorites, honestly, from 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I want to show you, this is practical. We have a very practical God. He is spiritual and all the natural world that we see and deal with came out of a spirit being my friends god does not forget about the natural world that we live in and he is very practical i want to show you how powerful and how practical it is to start your day worshiping the lord giving him thanks giving him praise right in uh second chronicles chapter 20 we have king jehoshaphat of judah and um, King Jehoshaphat suddenly finds his nation surrounded by three other nations, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. And they had come in, they had snuck in this way that was very little known. And um, so King Jehoshaphat had no notice that his country was being invaded until they were literally on the doorstep. doorstep. And this nation far outnumbered the Israelites. And so you know what his response was? His response was to go to the temple and worship the Lord. You would think the first thing he'd want to do is, is start looking, talking to his generals and talking to, you know, the army and seeing what they do have. And note, my friends, he went to the temple and threw himself down at the grace and the mercy of the Lord. And you know how they defeated their enemies? With worship. The day of the battle, listen to this, the day of the battle, chapter 20, verse 21, it says, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Say sing to the Lord. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army. Say before the army. This is what happened. King Jehoshaphat took his choir that worships the Lord and put them in front of his army. That sounds crazy, right? My friends, this is real world, okay? This is a war, this is a battle, right? We got wars and battles going on all over our planet right now. We got all kinds, you might have a war and a battle raging in your workplace or in your body or, or in your family. This was real, and what did he do? He put the choir out in front, essentially, and told them to praise the beauty of the Lord's holiness. You're about to find out the definition of the Lord's holiness because this is how they praised him. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. I think we already heard that somewhere today, right? In Psalms 100, 100 we give thanks to the Lord. We praise him for he is good and his mercy endures forever. And you know what? This is the word for grace too, my friends. This is the definition of the Lord's holiness. It's not usually the idea that we have. Grace and mercy are his holiness. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now listen, listen. Now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, say the Lord, not the people. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. 
they were defeated. Listen how badly they were defeated. I'm going to skip down and it says, and they were three days. This is the, the Israelites the, from Judah. They were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. They came to a battle. They responded to a problem by singing out, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And the moment they began to praise, the Lord said ambushes, defeated their enemy. And for a battle they didn't fight, it took them three days to gather up all the spoils. My friend, the moment you lift your arms up in worship. The moment you begin to praise the Lord, the moment you give him thanks, he sets up ambushes against your enemies. And don't always think of enemies as people, my friends. And that sickness, that pain in your body, that's your enemy, right? That strife that's going on in that relationship, that's a spirit, that's a foul spirit, that's an enemy, not the person, the spirit behind it, the strife behind it, whatever the problem is. The moment we praise the Lord, he sets up ambushes to defeat our enemy. Sometimes we got to keep praising. We got to keep praising. We got to keep praising because sometimes that enemy is actually a lot bigger than we realize. Sometimes there's a healing in us that needs to happen. But just know this. We just keep on praising the Lord and we shall see his goodness. We shall collect the spoils. We shall flourish in even our old age. We shall be fresh and flourishing and full of victory. Hallelujah, my friend. And when we have that victory, what do we do? We praise the Lord again. We give him thanks again for all that he's done. Listen to this. Psalms 33, verse 3, it says, Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. My friends, I believe every single day we have a new song to sing to the Lord. We have a new praise to give to him. We have a new thanksgiving to bring to him. Hallelujah. So I just encourage you again, my friends, start your day in worship, whether it be while you're, while you're getting ready. I encourage you to have at least a few moments where you're just worshiping the Lord, daily worshiping the Lord. Again and again, we see it in his word. It tells us to daily worship, to, to daily enter his gates with praise and thanksgiving, right? And you know what, my friends, when you do that, he goes into your day setting ambushes and defeating enemies that a lot of times you never even experience, right? It's why sometimes I just thank the Lord for all the stuff he's done that I don't even know about. I didn't get in that accident. I didn't catch that cold, right? I didn't, I didn't have that argument because he took care of it before I even got there. <laughs> Amen. Amen, my friends. Hallelujah. Well, I hope that you have been encouraged, my friend. The Lord wants what is best for you. His heart is always for our best, for our good. Amen. Hallelujah. And I just declare that right now, Daddy, that we have eyes to see how beautiful you are, to see the beauty of your holiness, to see your grace, to see your mercy, to see your love and your faithfulness and receive it afresh. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace.